the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Yes, it's Tuesday. Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm happy about it. Hello, friends. Hello, Stunt Brainiacs. Hello, Blaze Radio fans. Hello, Glenn Beck fans. I hope you're hanging out. I appreciate you sampling this show after Glenn's show wraps up. It is pure Opelka. It is a uh, three-hour adventure into topics that I find interesting, topics I think are worthy of front-page news some of which don't get any front-page news. And uh, it's, it's about freedom and liberty and free speech on this show. If you want to know why, all you have to do is find my car someday, and the license plate says, after one, because after the First Amendment, really, what, what else matters? If you don't have the First Amendment, then uh, we're done. So uh, I, I stand on the First Amendment each and every day. And some days that standing on the First Amendment means I have to stand up and protect the rights of idiots. Yeah, I know. I do. So uh, on occasion, I will stand up and defend the rights of people to be as stupid as they want to be and say dumb things. I'm not going to let you stand up and and incite people to violence, but I will stand up and let you be as stupid as you want to be. That's in the Constitution. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it's there. Now, today we have many, many things to talk about, including the last 24 hours, some stuff that happened. But we also are going to look back in some historic moments. And I want you to be part of the conversation today. I want you to jump in and uh, express your opinions at any time. The number is 888-900-3393. It's different than Beck's number. 888-900-3393. That is the uh, hotline here to the Blaze Radio and the Blaze Radio service where we try and uh, be of service on this, on this channel, on this show specifically, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Now, early this morning, I posted a vital question. I like to get up in the morning and try and figure out what the hell is important and uh, how we can, we can discuss it. And after watching the people tear down a Confederate-era monument yesterday, I, I thought, well, now there's a topic. There's something that we need to get into today. There's a, there's a discussion we need to have. So I posted the vital question, and it is online, and it's actually getting a, um, a, a bunch of stuff in terms of responses, a whole bunch of different responses coming up. And let's look at it right now, because i in just a couple of hours, it's only been three or four hours, this is getting a decent response. We had a mob tear down a Confederate war monument. Do you support 
this elimination of, quote, offensive statues. Four percent, four percent of the people who follow me or listen to this show said, yes, it all must go. It all must be removed. And um, 61% of you say, no, it's history. 32% of you say, move it to a museum. And then there are the 3% who just can't make up their minds. Uh, I appreciate people being honest when they're conflicted and saying, no, I can't. I cannot decide. Because I think, you know, there are topics where that is the reality. Where do I stand on this? Well, I, I don't like mob justice on anything. That's, that's what true democracy is. And if, uh, if you are part of a true democracy and you're not in the majority, you are screwed. That's mob justice. When you get a bunch of people who happen to think that statue needs to come down and they're not going to follow any sort of legal process, they're just going to tear it down themselves, then uh, we don't have laws. We're not a nation of laws. We're a nation of mobs. And a mob can turn on you as easily as a person with some sort of charisma or a loud voice can make things happen. So be wary of this. Vote, though. Jump on the Twitter. At StuntBrain is my Twitter handle. At StuntBrain, S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N. It's a long story. So we'll update throughout the show. And this will run until tomorrow morning, early tomorrow morning, about 8 o'clock. I usually pop in a new one every day. Also, an update on the story with Alyssa Milano. Yesterday, I know, we're talking about this two days in a row, but Alyssa Milano, an actress who did quite well in her career when she was younger, apparently, allegedly walked into a Christmas store in Little Italy in New York and ended up freaking out because she claimed she saw a display of little elves giving a Nazi salute. She didn't name the store. She didn't take a picture. She provided no evidence. It was just this claim. And I will tell you, I think Alyssa Milano made this claim to uh, distract from a problem she herself created a couple days earlier when she expressed an opinion that was uh, determined to be anti-Trump or pro-Trump. I'm sorry. So the, the left jumped on Alyssa Milano and decided that they were going to uh, wonder if she was one of those pro-Trump peoples. And in the course of, of doing that, she heard her liberal street cred. And so now she tweets this story with absolutely zero absolutely zero proof. And when people started retweeting it, people started commenting on it, people started asking her for proof. And where is the store and what's the name? She offered no name, only that it was in Little Italy. Well, I did a search of businesses that were Christmas tree stores, and there's only one even close to Little Italy. And it is a store that opened at 10 o'clock yesterday. I talked to the manager. 
She promised me she would look into it, and she did, and I got a call back from the corporate headquarters in Los Angeles. Not only is the store not guilty of setting up a a Nazi display with elves, guess what? In, In Little Italy, this little bitty store is more like the cast of Modern Family than anything else. As a matter of fact, they have their own they have their own group of ornaments they manufacture and these ornaments are representative of pretty much everything in America. They have same-sex couples, they have uh they have mixed-race couples, they have uh disabled people. So this company, this Christmas tree store in Little Italy, absolutely would not do this. So Alyssa Milano, you got called out on this one, saying, I just walked into a Christmas tree store, a Christmas store in New York, and someone arranged all the elf arms in Nazi salutes. I'm sick to my stomach. Hashtag fire Bannon. So uh, I guess she assumed that it was Steve Bannon who went in there and ordered ordered the elves to have the salute. Well... To the owners of the Christmas store who said their only mission is to spread the feeling of Christmas year round. We salute you for reaching out and calling back. And the the head of sales and training for the store goes, look, I'm a Jewish guy working for a Christmas store company owned by a Turkish family. You can't get any more diverse than we are. I loved his way of thinking. But that's the putting the button on the Alyssa Milano story. And now she has spent the the last few hours trying to up her street cred uh, and um, even responded to people like me who asked her to apologize to the store. To all the trolls, alt-right and general a-holes that have tried to take over my tweet streams, this is for you. If you think you can intimidate me with the hateful words you spew, you are mistaken. If you think you can suppress what's in my heart with intimidation, you are mistaken. This woman will not be silenced. So go, oh, F yourselves. Hmm. She smeared a company. She made up a story. She trolled a Christmas store. And now she wants to tell anybody who dares to ask her for facts to go F themselves. Aren't you special? Aren't you special, you little entitled celebrity? All right, Alyssa Milano, we know who you are and where you are. Just, I'm going to close it up there. Leave it alone. When we come back, I want to talk about North Korea. Uh, North Korea blinked. We talked about it yesterday. I... I firmly believe that the triangulation that was that was drawn around the triangle drawn around Kim Jong Un of diplomacy, strength and tough talk from the president. I think it worked. But somebody in Guam screwed up big time yesterday. Somebody scared the crap out of the people of the island of Guam yesterday. I'll explain why and why it's so easy to understand that it happened next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Can you imagine you're living on the island of Guam? You have been in the news for the past, gosh, weeks, two, three weeks, because you are the target of Kim Jong-un's possible nuclear and or intercontinental ballistic missile attack. And it's August 15th. It's just after midnight on August 15th. And why, why is August 15th important? Well, for two reasons. For two reasons, on August 15th, the um, leader of the North Korean dictatorship had kind of drawn a circle around the date and told the world that he had planned on launching four missiles that were going to land close to the island of Guam, which is a U.S. territory, a place that also housed the B-1 bombers that did a practice run. It's also the anniversary of the, of the formation of South Korea. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder why August 15th would be an important day to Kim Jong-un. So we're kind of hoping that things dial back a little bit. People like me and people like you who prefer that the U.S. flex its muscles as opposed to sending men and women into, into harm's way to take out this idiot. But last night, just after midnight, so I guess it was technically early this morning, the civil danger warning was broadcast on two radio stations Two radio stations in Guam were airing the emergency message, basically. And everybody in the country who was awake and had the radio on, listening to KTWG or KTSO, heard the civil danger message. There was a little bit of panic. A little bit of panic last night. And as you know, there was no launch. There, everybody was fine. Everything was safe. The emergency alert was, was broadcast on the two, on two uh, of the island's radio stations, the two island radio stations. And it, it came off with the message, uh, the, the loud klaxon warning. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what's going through your mind? Well, it was human error. It was a mistake. I wonder if there are a couple of jobs open right now at a couple of radio stations in Guam. From what I've seen, the beaches are beautiful. It's kind of a nice place to be, and there's a, a beautiful air base there that is protecting the place. So that went on, and uh, the message was, a broadcast station or cable system has issued a civil danger warning for the following countries' areas. Guam, effective until 1240. Now, it, it was not connected to any emergency, as we now know. 
And the Homeland Security Advisor for the island said, remember, uh, there is no change in the threat level. We continue business as usual, and we know there are U.S. Department of Defense capabilities in place in our little bitty nation. We will continue communication with our federal and military partners and have not received an official statement warranting any concern for imminent threat to Guam or the Marianas Islands. Jeez. I just can't imagine. They did distribute a leaflet, though, to people on how to prepare in case of an emergency, what you should have. So I'm sure Guam is still a little bit on edge. Yesterday was supposed to be their day, and now it looks like Kim Jong-un, has, as we've noted and as many people have noted, has stepped back from his heated rhetoric. And I do believe it, it wasn't just Trump speaking out. I believe it was a combination of many different things, including Tillerson working with the Chinese, working with the Russians, working with the South Koreans. So go forward. But a little exhaling for the people of Guam today. Somebody screwed up. North Korea blinked, thankfully. No test launches scheduled. <laughs> Whew. I really thought there was a chance that idiot would do something last night. So I'm very happy to say that he did not. So uh, every, we can all relax. Now, coming up just around the corner, uh, we're going to have a little chat with a, a gentleman who's just put out a new book, a new book uh, that uh, that talks about no-go zones. He works in London. He's He's been uh, in London. He understands what's going on in London. As we all know, they refer to London many way, many times as Londinistan. Because there are neighborhoods where if you're not a member of the Muslim faith, uh, you're not welcome. They're called no-go zones. They've happened in other countries, too. I've even heard rumors they're happening here. So we'll talk about that. Plus, uh, about an hour from now, we're going to have another visit with our friend uh, Phil Lempert, the supermarket guru. And, of course, we're we're going to... Um, we're going to go into the NFL problem because I got a big problem with the NFL this year. And I'm starting to finally hear some reasonable statements from pros and uh, retired football pros. I was just about ready to get back into watching the NFL. And I think they've lost me possibly for good. We'll we'll discuss, but just around the corner, let's talk. No go zones. Are they coming here? We'll find out next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is a, uh, a Tuesday with many different topics for us to approach today. And uh, I wanted to get into this one specifically because I witnessed a little bit of it when I was in London two summers ago. And uh, I fear that if we're not aware and paying attention, that uh, America could be next for what are known as no-go zones. And um, it's, it's kind of a big deal because I consider this country to be every, every inch of this country to be open to all of us. Every spot, every, every square inch of land in this country, if you're an American, you should be allowed to go there. And we know that's not true. There are some places that you might walk into and you would not be as welcomed as others. You might walk into Miami Dolphins Stadium wearing a Chicago Bears jersey and be uh, roundly rousted by the people there. That's happened to me in the past. I'm making light of that, of course. But joining us to talk about no-go zones is the guy who wrote it, Raheem Kassam editor-in-chief of Breitbart London. Uh, Raheem, welcome to Puro Pelka, sir. Well, thank you so much for having me. And let me just say that I'm in New York City at the moment. And when I go to the pubs and the bars, I never really know whether I'm supposed to chant for the Yankees or for the Mets. So <laughs> I'm with you on that analogy. Well, the, the, the interesting uh, advice I can give you, having been a, a Manhattan guy for 20-plus years, what you do is you go to Second Avenue and you go to the soccer bars, or as you would call them, football bars. And, and the only danger you have is wearing a Man U jersey instead of uh, one well, of the I'm others. I'm out of luck then because I'm a Man United fan. So no, I'm straight out of luck. Well, it was, all, it was a, by the way, wasn't that a great home opener for you guys uh, Sunday? Absolutely. 4 0. Absolutely. I'll yeah, that was just. We're talking soccer for the first time on this show, and this audience is probably saying, "What the hell?" Uh, but What's yeah, going on? four nothing is a is a blowout in in the soccer world. You were up two nothing at halftime, and I said, "Just go home, just phone it in." Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a good start, and it, and it was it was good considering that our last friendly game against Real Madrid, we looked we, it wasn't even a friendly, but but it, we looked very it was a cup match. But the last non-league game, we looked very shaky. So I was pleased to see that we found our game uh, uh, this weekend. Just where all I can tell you, Raheem, is that the audience right now is saying. We can talk about anything, can't we? Yes, we can. We can we, talk about. We can. We can. We can run the gamut. Well, I'm actually just here writing about Mount Rushmore right now, uh, but now we're going to talk about no-go zones. We're all rounders, aren't we, Mike? We are. We are. We we are all rounders. Uh, you didn't know it. Um, before I joined the Blaze seven years ago, I spent a year uh, at working and writing for Breitbart with uh, mm. with the approval of Andrew. So we are. We are brothers in, in journalism in some way, shape, or form as well. Little did Kindred you know. spirits. There you yep. go. Now I know. So, so let's talk no-go zones. As, mm. as a guy who's lived in London and experienced it, um, did it, did it creep in? Or was this something that basically shifted quickly at one point? Yeah, I mean, you know, they didn't they didn't drop this from the sky. Um it was it was a gradual process uh wherein you had a 
Yeah, he had a relatively large uh, flow of immigration after the Second World War, especially. Um, you had uh, British subjects, uh, like my parents, uh, coming over from uh, India, and uh, they, well, their parents came from India, they actually came from Tanzania. And uh, then you had Bengalis, Pakistanis, uh, and all sorts of other groups following uh, over, those, uh, over those decades. And by the late, uh, by, it was quite clear by the 80s, and, and people who pay, pay attention to this stuff will know the name Enoch Powell. Uh, they'll know that there was, uh, there, was, there was a lot of protest against mass migration over these years uh, with people warning, and, and not so nice groups, by the way, like the National Front, uh, uh, you know, similar to the, the neo-Nazis that we've seen in, uh, in Charlottesville this weekend, warning that you know, if, if mass migration uh, kept a pace, uh, as it was or, or, or grew in pace, sped up, uh, then we would have all sorts of integration and, and assimilation issues. Now, their, their attitude towards it was, you know, shut the doors completely and, and judge people by the color of their skin, which is, uh, I imagine, not where you and I would come from uh, in, in the argument for controlled migration. Um, but, but so you, you started to see a resistance to it, and by, it became clear by the late 90s and early 2000s uh, that we had done something that... Um, it was just fundamentally changing our uh, our communities, and it was in fact Andrew Nether who was a, who was an advisor to then Prime Minister Tony Blair, who who admitted after after the fact after Tony Blair's uh, premiership uh, that the Labour Party had decided to open the borders uh, of Britain in order to quote rub the right nose in diversity, uh, and we're <laughs> seeing a lot of that today, aren't we? Um, you're seeing a lot of that in America, and and I, I hate to be condescending about it but but i always say to americans you have to pay attention to what's going on in europe because it's it's your destiny 10 years later this is you know what what happens in europe what happens in the united kingdom ends up happening here in terms of the left and and, and how it acts and what it does uh politically and culturally and, and and so on and so forth and and so we had that we had our noses rubbed in diversity uh, and you're experiencing the very same thing today as 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 your statues are being torn down and as your is your neighborhoods are being changed uh, before your very eyes and i go into some detail about this in the book um and and nobody can say anything about it because you know what mike if you do you're some sort of phobe you're an islamophobe you're a xenophobe you're a bigot you're 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 a hate monger uh, you know they'll never address your actual points <laughs> they'll never they'll never actually come to hamtramck with me um or come to uh, come to dearborn with me um no i'll just be i'll just be called all sorts of names and, and they'll leave it there yeah, and, and we're seeing, as you mentioned, Dearborn, we're seeing these tiny pockets uh, pop up, which could be considered no-go zones along the lines of the ones we, we have seen on video in London, where we saw uh, Swedish, uh, I think it was a Swedish news crew and a 60 Minutes crew get pretty mm -hmm. much run out by uh, the Islamists who were there. And these are, not, these are not Muslims, these are radical Islamists who want women covered head to toe, who want multiple wives who want to overwhelm the system as Anjem Chowdhury has been been preaching mm. for for decades by by making the infidel pay the tax for not being Islamic and then being able to have Sharia courts. And I, I'm, I'm sorry if I got rambling on you, Raheem. We're no, talking no, to Raheem Kassam right. from Breitbart, London. Uh, the story is no go zones. Where do we get no go zones? Where's the best place to find it? 
Uh, well, the book is available on Amazon. That's probably the best way to get it. We're on, our, I think, third or fourth print run now, and, and it only came out yesterday. Uh, it's, it's, it's been incredibly popular, uh, the highest pre-ordered book that Regnery Publishing has put out in years, um, because it's the first of its kind, Mike. You know, nobody's written about this before. We've seen YouTube videos. We've heard talk about it on television, on radio shows. But actually, nobody's written 300 words, visited there, and put it all down, not just what's happening in Europe, but how it's coming to the United States. And really, you know, the subtitle is coming to a neighborhood near you. It is coming to a neighborhood near you. You know, whether you like it or not, if it's not in your neighborhood, it may be in the next one. If it's not in your state, it may be in the next state over. Um, I'm not being hyperbolic. If you, by the way, anybody, if you read this book and you think there's anything alarmist or outrageous or unproven or unfounded in there, I will personally give you your money back. Huh. Yeah, I think anybody, if this audience is interested in it, and they, they should be, and they generally are, uh, we have a tendency to not put on an author who can't back up a claim. So I'm pretty damn sure this book has been uh, fact-checked a thousand times over. But there it is, people, if you want to challenge Raheem Kassam's uh, facts in the no-go zones, uh, he double dog dares you, and he'll give you your money back if you can find it. So, I'll give you your money back, and and I'll wear an Arsenal shirt. How about that? Oh, for God's sakes, you're a crazy man. You're thinking about losing your life. You know, um, Raheem, did you look into any of the Texas uh, areas? Like we saw in Irving, where the city council, there was actually an effort to ask for a Sharia court. Did you look into that at all? Do you know what? Uh, I can't say I did. And the reason I didn't, and the same reason I didn't do uh, Minnesota for this book either, was that there was just so much information about uh, about the European stuff and what you guys have to watch out for. By the time I got to the U.S. chapters, and I went to parts of, of the United States, I went to parts of New York State uh, as well, that, that just didn't make it into the book, not because it didn't have merit, but because there just wasn't space. I was, I was given an uppermost limit of what I was allowed to write. Uh, but it suits me just fine because it means I get to write another book. Uh, uh, and I and I thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> writing this one because, as I say, it it it, it isn't something that's been done before, and I'm I, I'm very keen on making sure that people have the 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 uh, you know the intellectual ammunition to take on the left when you're having these arguments because I know these arguments are happening all across America. I get I get Facebook messages, I get tweets going. Even me and my wife argue about this, and I tell her it's happening, and she says it's not happening. And I got somebody earlier today who said, "Thank you, I bought her the book, and now she can read about how this is happening." Um, but no, I didn't get to the Texas thing, but you're right. It's not just Texas as well. You know, it's happening in Montana. It's happening in Minnesota. It's happening all across the United States. This is, this is how it starts. This is how it begins. It's, it begins with the crazies. The nation of Islam will come out and say something. Then care will come out and say something. And then by the time you know it, they're pulling down Confederate statues. You know, by the time you know it, people are calling for Mount Rushmore to be destroyed. You know, and by the time you know it, you will have Sharia councils operating in this country. Well, from uh, from your mouth to the common sense ears of the people listening, we appreciate you at least uh, drawing attention to this. The book, uh, it's it's really taken off in just the last two days. Raheem Kassam is his name. The book, No Go Zones. Check it out. And Raheem, uh, be careful in those New York bars. If you find yourself in Queens, root for the Mets. If you're in the Bronx, root for the Yankees. You know what? You know what my logo zone around here is? Staten Island. Okay. Well, it's okay if you call it Staten Italy. You know, that's <laughs> that's that's what you that might help you get through. So just mention my buddy Goomba Johnny and you'll be okay if you're lost on Staten Island. <laughs> All right. I will I will definitely look for Goomba Johnny. Thanks. Thanks, Raheem. Take care, Thanks my friend. So much, nice to meet Cheers. you. And we'll be right back. 
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm digging the new music. It actually makes me feel feel a little better, a little more up tempo here. And I'm I'm also you know what else makes me feel better? Relief factor. How's that for a smooth transition? I've been using relief factor daily since uh, April seventh. Since April fifteenth, it started working. Usually seven to ten days after somebody starts taking relief factor. The all-natural botanical mix that includes fish oil. Pre-packaged, you just throw the packs in your, in your purse or your, or your MERS, your man purse that carries your laptop. And uh, three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for me. I'm more active. I'm able to get out there and get back in the garden, get on the golf course, power walk in the mornings. Don't take my word from it. Take Megan's. This is Megan from California. I've been using Relief Factor for a little bit over a month. This is a 34-year-old woman that has been in a car accident. I suffered from severe neck pain, shooting pain down my arms and legs that would often cause me to limp. At one point, I was going to a chiropractor and an acupuncturist six times a week. Mm. I noticed visible improvement within two days of taking your product, Relief Factor, and it has really, truly changed my life. It's changed mine, too, but if you if you haven't tried it, you'll never know if it'll change yours. Go to relieffactor.com. Get the 30-day quick start pack. It's nineteen ninety-five. 80% of the people who buy it get it again. You can, you can get it for nineteen ninety-five, cheaper than a cup of coffee every day. You can get Relief Factor now at relieffactor.com or call them, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. I use it. I'm quite happy with it. It's called Relief Factor. Now, around the corner, around the corner, I have to talk about something that really irritates me. And I know that a lot of our millennial friends use this. And I know that Cher uses this all the time. I'm talking about emojis. Well, there's now some evidence that it's really not a good thing to use emojis. We'll get into that. I want to talk about the gold that's in the Federal Reserve vaults that we're hanging on to. Is it still there? Plus, the, the NFL has lost me once again, unless they can maybe change something before the season starts. But right now, the NFL, right when I was about to come back, you kicked me out again. And I'm not, I'm not happy about it because even though the Bears looked like another subpar season was on the way, I wanted to watch me some NFL football on Sundays. I guess I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to go out and play more golf, which is not a bad thing, but we'll deal with that. Plus the uh, latest accusations of fake news from the president. Plus, did uh, Kim Jong-un have a roid rush? Is that why this whole dust-up started? Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> there, there are some crazy stories that are out there. 
as well as all the people chanting out in front of Trump Tower. Come on, people. Can't you, can't you pull your pants up, get a job, get over it? It's almost been a year. It's starting to look really kind of silly at this point. And the Cheetos restaurant opens today. I'll share details tomorrow. Come on back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. It is the uh, second hour of Pure Opelka. We are chipping away at all of the topics that are out there today on this Tuesday. The day that we can breathe a little easier because it does appear that Kim Jong-un has uh, dialed it back. He stepped back from his pledge to launch four missiles at Guam and uh, subsequently, we've, we've kind of chilled out a little bit, which I think is very important. And uh, it's good news. It's very good news. I will tell you, I'm, you won't find anybody happier that we're not going to engage this guy because he is such a, such a crazy wild card that you never know. You just never know. So take, take heart in that. Completely take heart in that. Uh, Good for you, Mr. President. Good for you, for your team. I really believe the team is uh, due a lot of credit on this. And I I left out Nikki Haley in the first hour. How dare I leave out the rock star who is Nikki Haley? The uh, U.N. vote, the 15 to nothing admonishment by the Security Council, the five permanent members and the 10 temporary members. Good for you. Thank God. Now we're dealing with all the other stuff because now the president is in New York City for a couple of days. And as such, the people of Manhattan are inconvenienced because protesters. Yay. Can't you guys just give it a rest for, you know, it's I know I know it's something to do. And you will see if you're in New York or if you if you happen to pick up any of the mainstream media outlets, They are all in this media cluster across the street from Trump Tower. And they are all uh, covering all the stupidity and madness. And last night people were chanting some really dumb things. Some really dumb things about Trump. They're, They're mocking his appearance. But how dare you judge anybody based on their appearance, right? This would be an absolute outrage by one of these snowflakes if you dared to comment on someone's appearance you would be uh you would be just the worst person ever but they're out there talking about how they what well, they did everything but chant your mo- you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny that's the only thing that was missing from the chants and the chants we heard last summer as well well when we were at the um the DNC in Philadelphia i was looking during the break i have it somewhere we have a bunch of protesters chanting, no Trump, no KKK, no fascist USA, over and over and over again. 
It was the most irritating thing because you're on a subway and you're trapped with all these jack wagons. And there was always one guy with a drum. I mean, a five-gallon paint bucket that he was pounding out the beat of no Trump, no KKK, no fascist USA. Give me a break. All right. I teased a story before the break, speaking of breaks, about emojis. Because I have a problem with emojis and people who crutch on emojis. And one of the biggest offenders happens to be Cher, a grown-up who's using pictures to tell stories when she tweets. And I know I'm not supposed to let it get to me, but it just makes me nuts to see a grown woman using emojis instead of words. And I have a tendency to, to always respond to Cher's tweets when she's using her little pictures with things like, use your words, Cher. Because I'm sure that's what's, what, what she was saying to her, her child when they were raising little chastity, now Chaz. Use your words, honey. Use your words. So I, I'm always screaming about this. And now it appears that I am being supported by the Social, Psychological, and Personality Science Journal, who on July 31st published a report suggesting that using emojis in work emails portrays low competence. Everybody following me? And as far as I'm concerned, Twitter, Twitter is work email related. The study used research from Ben-Gurion University and the University of Haifa in Israel and Amsterdam University in the Netherlands. They conducted experiments with 549 participants in 29 countries. According to the journal and the scientists who have said that uh, our findings provide first-time evidence that contrary to actual smiles, smiley faces do not increase perceptions of warmth and actually decrease perceptions of competence. Decrease perceptions of confidence. In formal business emails, according to the study, a smiley, which is how they describe a smiley face emoji, is not a smile. Participants were asked to read a work-related email and then assess the competence and warmth of the person. Messages uh, remained similar for all participants. Some of the emails had emojis, some did not. They compared this with face-to-face communication as well. And they say that the emojis don't have the same effect on, on transmitting or, or, tra- or letting someone feel your warmth as it does when you smile to them in person. 
Now, when you're asked to respond to a, an email on formal matters, the answers were more detailed, included more content-related information when the email did not include an emoji. According to one of the scientists in the study, quote, we found that perceptions of low competence, if a smiley is included, in turn undermined information sharing. So there you go. So if you're a person who's crutching on emojis, guess what? Your work is now being seen as less competent, less serious. Now, do you use emojis? I'm a person who shies away from them. I have used, we, look, we have an internal communications channel here at The Blaze where all the writers go back and forth and share, share thoughts with one another. It's like an internal chat channel. And there's a whole bunch of thumbs up stuff that happens on that uh, internal chat channel. There are also liberal use of emojis because, let's face it, there are uh, ample millennials working here at The Blaze. But I would love to see, if I were emperor, the use of emojis would, would constitute guilt and a mandatory sentence in some sort of work release program where you would have to, you'd have to go out and grow vegetables or something. If you're going to be using pictures instead of words, the whole reason we're in this, in this communications business, this business of broadcasting and or writing, is to challenge ourselves to put together a sentence and a description, not a picture. And that's why I get so ticked off when I, I see something from Cher, because generally, generally it's already topically something that's going to anger me. Cher is just against everything that comes out of a Republican administration, and she's particularly unhappy with President Trump. So she has a whole host of emojis that she uses to express her displeasure. I think she would keep her brain engaged on a higher level and fight off the risks of aging and uh, some sort of cognitive deterioration if she were to challenge herself to use actual words instead of pictures. Now, I do blame the technology because just as autocorrect has created some problems in messaging, the automatic suggestion of emojis on Twitter and other social media outlets is helping people like Cher. It's pushing people like Cher. It's too easy, isn't it? Well, if we want to be better, if we want to be sharper, if we want to be the best, we have to fight back and avoid too easy. We have to be challenging ourselves constantly. There's just too many damn emojis out there anyway. So if you, want, if you want proof, and I'll tweet out a link to the story, but I'm telling you, if you use emojis, and I know some of you are saying, I only do it with my friends. I only use it on Twitter. I'm only using it on Instagram. Sooner or later, 
you're going to slip sooner or later. You're going to start using those emojis in, in emails back and forth to the boss. So don't get mad at me when the boss thinks less of you, thinks you're incompetent, thinks you are not the very sharp edge on that knife. I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to be of service. So step away from the emojis. And as I tell Cher, use your words. Use your words. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Didn't realize I touched a nerve with the emoji discussion. Uh, Those of you who choose not to accept the findings of the study that I just posted on Twitter that says you use emojis, you are taken less seriously and looked on as less competent than those who actually challenge to find words getting a little blowback from some of my co-workers here trying to stir up trouble because I exposed the fact that the internal chat challenges uh, chat channel is somehow uh, crutching on emojis. And I do agree the thumbs up thing is okay because you're just saying I'm okay with that. But maybe it's a slippery slope. Maybe I have to have a non-emojis, a no No tolerance. Zero tolerance for emojis policy. The Duchess writes, Stacy the Duchess, Stacy Rippy on Twitter. How do you feel about memes? Stunt brain the same? No, because a meme you you have to you have to use words typically to put a a phrase around an image and, and you're you're generally challenging yourself. It's not putting a sticker on something. A sticker. A little, a little graphic. And then I hear from our own IT department that they're writing code for emojis now because the use is prevalent. I think we need to build a wall around the emojis to prevent the, I want a digital wall to stop the emojis from leaking in. It is a very slippery slope. <sighs> Share. I am, in fact, looking at you, saying, use your words. We all could use our words. Please. Please. Speaking of Twitter, uh, there is a Twitter poll that's up there that you need to get involved with today. Uh, This is uh, about the tearing down of the Confederate War Monument, North Carolina, last night. Do you support this elimination of offensive statues? 4% of you say, yes, it all must go. 3% can't decide. So that's 7%. That means 93% of you have different feelings. 61% of you, an overwhelming majority, 61% of you voting say that uh, it's history and it, it, does not need to be eliminated. 
32% of you fall into the category that I count myself a part of, and that is uh, move it to a museum. I don't want it destroyed, but I don't want it eliminated. Just put it in a museum and let's tell people, look, this was a horrible chapter in our history. It's kind of like what I would do with shag carpeting from the 70s. We all thought it was cool at the time, but eventually we had to rip it out of the houses. I think shag carpeting should be in a, in a museum somewhere, and we should point at it and say, don't ever let that happen again. Please. So I make light of it, but I do think it's important for us to remember that this was a part of our history. And not everything in our history has been great. Not everything in our history has been fair. Not everything in, in America's early days is something that you can hang your, your head high and say, yeah, I'm good with that. But what you can do is hang your head, hold your head up high and say, look, we did some, some wrong and bad things and now we need, to, we need to tell people that we fixed it. And to eliminate it is to also allow it to maybe take root again. Because those ideas aren't going away. Those ideas are still out there. Those ideas that, that we can be divided and that one group is better than the other, they'll come back if we don't remain vigilant. They will be front and center in this nation. And that's not what we want to do. No way, no how. So while I, I can draw a line in the sand on emojis, I can't, I can't draw one on hate and erasing history. As you know, we look, we look back on this show virtually every single day. We talked about what happened on this day back in the day. Because it is important. It is vital. It's, it's necessary for us to keep, keep looking at history and saying, my God, what the hell are we doing? Did we really do that? Are you sure we want it? No. So I don't want us to be like the Taliban going into a town and, and destroying all the artifacts from the past. I want us to maintain them and understand them and share and educate and make sure that the stupid stuff is never repeated again. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. It's a very, very simple request. So I, I vote, don't let the mob rule happen, which is what we're seeing now with these, with these uh, monuments. Now, some of the history of the monuments, they didn't go up right after, right after the Civil War or right after the, the Confederate uh, states were created. No, some of these were, went up in the 20s. As parts of the South controlled by Democrats, that's right, controlled by Democrats and determined to try and keep parts of our nation down. So maybe that's why the Democrats are so into destroying and removing, because it not only reflects badly on what America was back in the day, it reflects accurately on who really led the charge for segregation and trying to prevent America from eliminating 
the full, the full hatred that was the discrimination between races in this country. Just think about that. We'll come back. We'll talk food. Our friend Phil Lempert, the supermarket guru, joins us next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Yes, I've been ranting today. I just, I'm sorry. I, the emoji thing is, is important to me. I want us to use words. I want us to plumb the depths of the language, to find new words and new ways to express ourselves. I, I think it's, it's incumbent upon us to keep the language alive. It's not pictures, people. We're not back in fifth grade drawing photo, drawing images that we're going to show mom and dad, look, I drew this for you. How about using your words? Anyway, I'll get, I'll get back to that later because I, we have one of our, our, our favorites, our buddy Phil Lempert. Phil's been on this show since the early days when we were just on Saturdays and he would pop in. And if you don't know who he is, you need to go to supermarketguru.com supermarketguru.com. I met Phil Lempert when he was talking about coffee and he had just done a segment on the Today Show and then came to another radio show I was working on. And I don't drink coffee. This I have not had a cup of coffee uh, since, oh my gosh, since the early 80s. Not, not a one. But what, what this guy told me about coffee... I said, this guy knows food inside out. And so whenever I can, I like to talk to Phil Lempert about food and trends in our food shopping. We talked briefly last week. So he's going to try and join us on a semi-regular basis. Uh, The supermarket guru himself, Phil Lempert. Welcome back, sir. Thank you, Mike. And coffee is good for you. Coffee is not bad for you. It's one of nature's best foods. No, I, I... I love the way ground coffee beans smell. I think it's just one of the one of the more refreshing smells. I might have had a problem with overdoing it. I might have there there might have been somebody you know who was consuming I don't know 20 to 25 cups of coffee a day. <laughs> yep. And well, so that, that, that's that's not good. But don't forget, you know, coffee in moderation and I'm talking probably two, three cups a day. Very good, rich in antioxidants, very good to avoid certain cancers. It flushes your system out and certainly it makes you more alert. So think about that. OK, I'm, I'm a tea drinker. I'm buying. I'm, I'm a buying. tea drinker. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm there with the tea and it's what black kind of tea. tea. What kind of black tea? tea or I'm Earl Grey. Or uh, I, I will go with a couple different versions, but it's predominantly black tea. And I even like some of the, the Russian black teas, like the Kushmikov teas, who are, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're strong. And they have the antioxidants, too, and they have the yes, caffeine, they do. too. Yes, they do. That's why I was 
that's why I was asking because, you know, if you're just doing herbal tea like chamomile or mint, while they're very refreshing and very cleansing, I mean, they're not they're not going to have the antioxidants for you. No, no. And I, I still to this day believe chamomile is meant for bathing, isn't it? It's, it's not to be consumed as a <laughs> Love beverage. It. Love it. Well, you know, if you have a good chamomile tea, it's it's an exception and it's very flavorful. I happen to love Mighty Leaf teas. All their teas, I think, are great. And their chamomile is exceptional. The typical chamomile that you would get in a restaurant or, you know, just buying off a box, it's dishwater. It's tasteless. See? You're holding up my theory here. Yep. <laughs> now, last, last week we talked briefly with Phil and we were mentioning uh, some of the, the ways that the food sources, the grocery stores, if you will, were changing their business models, adapting their business models. And just before uh, we came on today, Phil, one of the chains you've talked about here, Aldi, has entered into a, a new agreement with somebody I'd never heard before. Who, who the heck is Instacart? Well, Instacart has been around for probably about three years. And basically what they do, it's similar to an Uber type of service. And I'll explain that in a second, is they deliver groceries. So you have on your phone an app, an Instacart app. It lists those retailers that participate. So, for example, um, here in Los Angeles, there's about eight different uh, chains that I can order from in New York. It's about six different ones. Um, so you choose what retailer you want. Then you go through, pick all the products, and it delivers to you within um, usually an hour or two hours at most, or you can even pre-schedule deliveries. Now, the interesting thing about Instacart, and they have raised a gazillion dollars. Um, back in February, they got another $400 million. Um, they really got started with Whole Foods. Now that Amazon is taking over Whole Foods and Amazon has Amazon Fresh for delivery, I have little doubt um, that, you know, Instacart's Whole Foods business is going to go away. So Instacart's really been out there pushing to get more and more retailers to sign up. However, Big issue with Instacart is, um, number one, uh, you know, it's got about 80% of their workforce are part-time, like Uber drivers. Um, mm. That's number one. Number two, this 80% of their workforce is very disgruntled. And they're disgruntled for two basic reasons. Number one is the app, and they're, and they're modifying it in certain cities now gives you the option for a service charge. And that could be anything from zero to, I think, you know, like 25%. What most consumers thought when they were using Instacart is that service charge goes to the driver. Well, no, it doesn't go to the driver. It goes to the company. <laughs> and, and it's a very weird system. So if you order, uh, for example, um, and I'm going to use, uh, l let me use tea for an example. If you were to okay. order 100 packages of that tea from them, that driver gets paid just on one item. It's, it's like the 10 items or less checkout. Um, if I order, you know, 100 different products, they get paid on 100 different products. And that ranges between 30 and 40 cents per product. Then if you get over $200, they get a $5 um, kick, uh, you know, $5 bonus for, for doing that. Um, so a lot of the drivers have been very, very upset because people thought that they were getting a tip. And instead, they're making about 8 bucks per delivery. 
So now Instacart is changing. So you have your service fee and then you can give them a tip. The problem for consumers is that they're all of a sudden looking around and they're saying, my groceries are costing me 30, 35 percent more uh, because of this. I'm just going to go to the store. Wow. This is this is why I want to know what's going on in our food world. And this is why Phil Lempert joins us. I didn't I didn't know about that, but that certainly makes sense when you look at it, because uh, for years, Uber, you, there was no place to add a tip mm-hmm. on the right. app. They have it now. Lyft has a place to add a tip and they always have. Uh, I tend to believe people like cash. And so when I make use of an Uber or Lyft or if I were to use an Instacart, I would want to spiff the driver with a couple of bucks. But you know what, Phil? We're seeing people shying away from cash anyway. So cash yeah, is, is drying up in many ways. But uh, we're all touch, uh, touched with digital cash these days. So that, that's interesting. Now, you were also uh, writing to me earlier saying that there's some news in food prices. I don't, I don't know if I've seen this yet. Uh, I do the grocery shopping in our house, but uh, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on it. What areas of food prices do I need to be watching? Everything. Uh, everything except <laughs> eggs. Eggs are still down. Um, the Consumer Price Index for July uh, just came out a couple days ago. And what it shows, and this is the first time in about 19 months that, that we've seen uh, price deflation, you know, lowering of prices now reversed. So food at home in July went up 0.3%. Overall food, 1.1%. Fresh fruits and veggies, 2%. Um, you know, uh, beef and veal up 1.7%. Poultry up about a half of a percent. Chicken, uh, 1.5%. Eggs down, 9.5%. Um, so all these prices are going up. And this is going to be the start, in my opinion, of more food inflation. We're going to start to see prices go up about where they were about two years ago, which you know, for some was the highest we've ever seen. Hmm. I know meat and beef had gone up, but I'm always mystified when I see chicken go up, but eggs go down. I would think there'd be a correlation there somewhere. No, you know, it's, it's, it's different, um, different animals, if you would, uh, you know, chicken for consumption and chicken to lay eggs. And the problem is after bird flu, um, when prices of eggs really went up, uh, because we had to cull, you know, I think it was 40 million chickens. Uh, mm-hmm. basically what we, what we then found is all these, um, poultry flocks replenish themselves much quicker than anybody thought. So huh. that's what's really created the, you know, we still have the same demand for eggs, but we have more chickens now laying those eggs. Oh, well, that's good. Well, it's good to see the recovery there. Uh, yep. Next time um, in the future, put this in your little notebook so I don't forget it. I want to talk about high-end meats and some of the mm-hmm. uh, specialty beefs because that's something I'm fascinated with. But you also said uh, if you're looking at your food prices go up, there's good news about something we can eat that will take some of the anxiety away. Yeah, you know, a new study just came out uh, from the University of College of Cork in Ireland. Hmm. And what they found is a lot of the bacteria in yogurt is actually soothing to our to our brains. It's almost like Prozac, um, but in a uh, in a much more gentle and much more healthful way. Um, so, you know, yogurt continues to expand. Um, we know about all the great bacteria that's in our gut that's making 
us digest our food that much better. But this is the first study ever um, that looked at this. And what they did is they tested the strain of, of bacteria in a group of mice every day for a month, and they found that they were a lot less anxious. So yogurt, you know, another another gold star for one of my favorite products. Well, that's good. That's good news. Is it frozen yogurt too? Is it the delicious dessert yogurt, or is it just the no? Uh... There's there's so little bacteria in those. <laughs> no, it's it's the fresh cup yogurt. It's the one without artificial sweeteners, without yeah. artificial colors. You know, it's it's like you know the real. Greek yogurts, if you will. The live bacillus cultures that are in there. Correct. The ones Correct. that are good for your tummy, also good for your uh, apparently anxiety. And one quick one, Phil, because I'm up against the clock. Good news out of Taco Bell, maybe? Yeah, no, this is good news. What they have is they now took a fried egg and they curved it so it becomes a taco shell. So you're basically eating, you know, the cheese and the meat and the potatoes inside of the egg. It's very clever. It's cute. It's it's probably healthier than those fried taco shells that they normally have. I've, I've never heard anything at Taco Bell described as cute, but now I'm curious <laughs> and I'll have to check it out. His name is Phil Lempert. He is uh, found online at thesupermarketguru.com. And uh, with some degree of regularity, we hope, here on, uh, on this little show. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. When we come back, oh, I'm going to spin the wheel. I have to get to the NFL, too. Uh, there's so much more to cover. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. I am very excited, very happy to welcome a new sponsor to this show. And it's all because uh, you guys are out there listening and supporting the advertisers to this show that that a new group filter by has joined us. If you're in a home that requires air filtration, if you're a business owner, that you need to replace the, the filter on your AC or heating unit. It's a pain in the butt to go to the store all the time. It's difficult to try and remember it. Do you even remember when you're supposed to do that? You can, you can now go to filterby.com and they will take care of you, whether you're a business or an individual like me. It's so easy. You don't have to leave your house. You don't have to crawl around the hardware store. You don't have to remember the size because I, I, I sometimes have to take a picture of the three different sizes that we need for the properties and then make sure I get them and I'll invariably screw them up. But it's, it's no problem. You do this from home, wherever. It's going to lead to lower utility bills. You're going to get your air filters delivered to your home. You can do one or a truckload. So it's so easy. And they're made here in America. They're, they're in Alabama. So do me a favor. Go to filterby.com. Go to filterby.com. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's fast shipping. It's free shipping. If you set up regular delivery, you're going to get a break. You're going to get the best filters made in the USA. You're going to have cheaper utility bills, cleaner air. It's filterby.com. 
they're what I'm using to get my air filters. Why aren't you? 600 different sizes. You can get them, almost every filter shipped within 24 hours. Filterby.com, filterby.com. Thank you for supporting this show, Filterby. When we get back, I have to talk about the NFL. Big, big trouble for me in the NFL. I'm not pleased at what they're doing. I'm not pleased that we have more jack wagons sitting down trying to get themselves famous. Yeah, don't. Don't they understand what happened? Didn't they pay attention last year to what happened to Colin Kaepernick? Uh, and, of course, of course, we, we'll keep you updated on the latest news out of the world because there's some other crazy stuff happening in the world. Luckily, we caught a guy who had a bad idea to blow up some buildings in this country. And... Um, I don't know if we're going to get the doctor on. There's a doctor who thinks Kim Jong-un is having a roid rush. And that's why all that happened. Oh, and the gold. Yes. Do we have all the gold that we're telling people we have? Is there 6,200 tons of gold in Manhattan? Or is it all just a fake? Come on back. We'll discuss next on Pure Opelka. Opelka. With Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Third hour of Pure Opelka waiting in the wings. Next hour, of course, the liberty-loving Latino, <laughs> Chris Salcedo. I love saying the liberty-loving Latino. <laughs> oh, our buddy Chris Salcedo. I'm hoping to get Dr. Rock Positano on the phone today. Dr. Positano is a guy who's actually come out and said he believes that Kim Jong-un might be having a roid rush, as it's known in the gym, a steroid rush, that his aggressive talk might because might be because he is getting he's getting injected with the steroids to deal with his his health. There's a speculation, there's always been discussion that Kim Jong un has uh has the gout because he he eats like an idiot. And you never see him doing anything aerobic. Let's face it. So if he has the gout from the rich lifestyle, then there's a chance they might be injecting him with steroids and enough steroid injections. And uh, you could have a uh, steroid rage, as it's known, a roid rage. And I wonder, I just wonder... Is Kim Jong-un, is he, is he on a steroid rage? Well, maybe we'll get Dr. Positano. Dr. Positano works at, um, at New York's Hospital for Special Surgery. And he's an interesting guy. I've known him over the years. We met in New York City years ago. 
and uh, he, he, you've seen him on TV. He's done a bunch of different things on television, but he's also written a book about dinner with Joe DiMaggio. The former baseball great, Joe DiMaggio, Yankee great, uh, was one of, was one of um, Rock and DiMaggio became good friends. So he used to, used to go to dinner with Joe DiMaggio and he put out a book about that relationship called My Dinner with DiMaggio. And we should talk to him about that as well. But this is, this is from us. It's total speculation, first of all. Let me, let me put it out there that Dr. Positano has never examined Kim Jong-un. But he does say that this fellow could be man- manifesting roid rage. <laughs> that uh, Kim Jong-un's diet could be giving him gout in his feet, which feels like uh, I, I have friends who have had the gout in their feet, and it does feel like they're getting stabbed with knives in their toe. So uh, Ben Franklin, Napoleon, Da Vinci, Henry VIII, all of them were famous, famous gout sufferers. But this was before we had the miracle of modern medicine that is steroids. And you can inject steroids and it'll help with the gout. You can, only, you can also change your diet and help with the gout. But uh, D- Dr. Rock, if he gets through with his patients, will be joining us hopefully uh, sometime Sometime before we get out of here today, I also wanted to um, I also wanted to tell the NFL, you've officially lost me. You really have lost me. Uh, last year, I kind of danced back and forth. The Colin Kaepernick thing bothered me, but it was one guy, and now we've gotten through the season. And guess what? The, the NFL's had a, a precipitous drop in its ratings. And um, I was just about ready to come back. Jay Cutler's gone from the Chicago Bears. So even though it doesn't look like it's going to be a great year for the Bears, there was no Cutler and no Kaepernick. And then I see Michael Bennett and Marshawn Lynch, uh, two guys who don't play for the Bears, but they decided they were going to sit during the national anthem this past weekend, that they were going to protest. These, these millionaires who are paid because they're good at a sport have decided to make a stand. And um, I don't agree with it. It's their right to be as stupid as they want. But remember, you're representing an entire business, a very profitable business, a business that is the, the biggest billionaire boys club I can think of. All those owners of those football teams, very wealthy folks who make these athletes very wealthy folks. But that doesn't give you the right when you're at work. Can you imagine if you were at work, it, would it be a free speech issue? I wonder. Maybe it is their right. You know, the commissioner said, yeah, it's their right. They can, they can do that. Well, Jermichael Finley former NFL player, guy that used to wreak havoc on the Chicago Bears when he played for the Green Bay Packers. Jermichael Finley was asked by TMZ Sports about Marshawn Lynch's latest stunt. And I think Jermichael Finley 
nails it when he talks about Marshawn Lynch and Michael Bennett. And he says they don't really give a damn about social justice. It's it's all it's all about being selfed up. That's a phrase I've heard from people who've been in prison. They're all selfed up. Here's here's Jermichael Finley responding to the question about Marshawn Lynch in the protest. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's all up for uh, to them guys uh, what they want to do with their career, um, their livelihood. You know, what I mean, but you know, I mean, it, it's I, I think it's more of you know, what I mean, marketing. It, it's not really in their heart um, that they really want to do that. But once again, I think it's a selfish reason. I really do. What makes you- so interesting that that uh, Jermichael Finley, a guy who's got some street cred in the NFL, who no longer plays, said he thinks this is. This is all about their reputation, enhancing their reputations, basically. Very interesting. And he does recognize it's, it's their right to do it, but he puts a business spin on it, and they, they gets a follow-up question here from the TMZ guy. Um, just because, uh, you know what I mean, it, it, it is the NFL, um, and guys do have a platform for, for positive reasons. As you can see, um, Kaepernick um, can't find a job for that reason, you know what I mean? So I, I think go out and play football and do what you're supposed to do and not worry about the, the worldly things that's going on. I really think that he's doing it just for attention? I, I do. I do. He's wearing the Afro, the Afro puff. Come on, man. Cut that off your head or br- braid it up or something. But I just think being in the game, man, all the things I did, um, it, it really wasn't it, – it really wasn't um, – it really was. It was. It's been. It was a marketing tool. You know what I mean? I was on this platform where I can use my name, uh, my face, to get out there. And, and when hot topics come across, I want to jump on it. You know what I mean? Because it's a marketing tool. It's going to keep you relevant. It's going to keep you hot. What's- Interesting. It's going to keep you relevant. It's going to keep you hot. He, Jermichael Finley, doesn't believe that Marshawn Lynch and Michael Bennett truly give a damn about what happened in Charlottesville. Now, it would be up to Marshawn Lynch and Michael Bennett to answer those questions, but from the perspective of a former NFL player, a guy with considerable credits to his name, I find that I find that fascinating that he would come out and make that statement. I find it very interesting because you just don't see too many people challenging Even the commissioner won't challenge the athletes. Even the commissioner says we have to respect their decision. Even the commissioner is out there hawking. Oh, it's freedom of speech. You know, if you represent a company, if you do represent a company, there are some things the company wants you to to understand, that you, you have their name on your uniform. But I wonder about the companies that that are uh, paying these large endorsement fees to these athletes. If you're if you're a Nike athlete, if you're a New Balance athlete, if you're a whatever athlete, how do they feel about you sitting when the national anthem's being played? How do they feel? Just a question. I would love to hear from one of these executives. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll we'll reach out to them and see what we can find out. Anyone else agree, disagree? 888 
It's an interesting topic to me. Or have you already given up? There are so many of my friends who say, I don't, I don't bother with the NFL anymore. College football is so much more entertaining and interesting to me. Well, that's fine. I was raised on the NFL, and I was kind of hoping I was going back. But as of right now, unless there's a different, a different uh, thought put out by the league, a statement perhaps, by those who actually believe that we should honor the flag and the anthem before every game. Before, unless that happens, uh, I don't know if I'm coming back, NFL. Not that that's going to break your bank. I know. Calm down. Michael Pelka and Piero Pelka. When we get back, I want to talk about this gold story. Years ago, I heard the term rehypothecation from Glenn Beck. And it, uh, it was a word that I had never heard before. Rehypothecation. And I don't know if you'd have ever heard the word before. Have you ever heard the word hypothecation? Um, uh, I hadn't. If you hypothecate something, you pledge something to a specific purpose. If, if you are hypothecating, you are pledging something, typically money, to a specific purpose. But how do you rehypothecate it? And what does that have to do with gold? And what does that have to do with the banks and the vaults in New York City where reportedly underneath New York City, there are thousands of tons of gold bars? Or are there? We'll dig into that next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It, uh, it is an interesting day, isn't it? We're looking at the latest update on the vital question of the day, which, of course, pretty much happens once a day on this show, and we encourage you to weigh in. It's part of our engagement with you and your brain. The vital question today reads, Mob tears down Confederate War Monument. Do you support this elimination of offensive statues? Offensive being in quotes because the people there, the mob, determined that uh, that Civil War monument, that Confederate monument, was offensive. So... Currently, 3% of you say, yes, all of these must go. Every single one of them must be torn down. And we have to be able to spin on them and kick them like the people in the video. I couldn't believe I'm watching grown-ups spit on and kick a giant metal statue. Can you imagine you're walking around the office the next day and you've got a boot on your foot because you have a cast on it because you broke a toe or two? kicking a statue after you and your mob justice friends tore it down. Look, I don't want I don't want the Confederate monuments 
torn down. I want them moved. I want them preserved so that we all have the opportunity to understand what they're about, why they were there, what they stood for, and why they went up when they went up. We talked about this earlier. It's, it's important to realize just when those monuments were put up. They were put up, some of them, in the 1920s. And they were put up there because, because there were Democrats controlling those states. There were Democrats who demanded that we put up these monuments to the Civil War because what was happening? Oh, there was a civil rights movement going on and there were people in the South who didn't want things to change, who wanted things to remain the same. So just know that monument that was torn down was put up in 1924, the peak year of the revival of the KKK in America. The year that the Democrats controlled the Southern white conservative wing and they refused at their own convention to condemn the KKK. They refused at their own convention to condemn the KKK. I, I offer to you the argument that perhaps, perhaps the people out there are trying to erase their own embarrassing mistakes of the past. I'm just saying. 61% of you say, no, do not remove these uh, offensive statues. They are history. 33% agree with me and say, move it to a museum. Look, I'm, I'm not about rubbing someone's nose in something and making people feel uncomfortable, but I also don't want to eliminate it. So uh, while we're tearing down the statues, why don't we also gather a bunch of books that we need to burn, everybody? Because there are books that offend you too, I'm sure. No, you can continue to vote. You've got 17 hours left to vote. We'll, we'll talk about the final results of this uh, vital question poll tomorrow. But I want to know. I want to know if, if you're intrigued by all of the, all of this discussions about the reported 6,200 tons of gold under Manhattan in a Federal Reserve vault where armed guards stand by. Is it there? You can go and see these, these gold bars. You can see, well, you can't go in and hold them or anything. But you, you can actually visit the Fed. If you want to take the tour, you have to sign up at least a month ahead of time. Uh, I went in to see if we could, we could get a tour this week. And wouldn't you know it, they're pretty much booked <laughs> for the next, at least the next month. This is one of those things that it's, it's a very popular, very popular thing to see the Federal Reserve at the bank in New York. And they have a museum and gold vault tour, guided tours, usually to school groups and the general public. But in order to make a reservation, you have to be online, checking it pretty much every single day. And you have to show IDs. You have to be over 16 years of age, government ID with a photo, etc. The tours are free. They last about an hour. And they start every day on the hour. And they don't want you carrying in a bunch of stuff. 
So just, you know, go there with your camera or your cell phone. But it happens uh, Monday through Friday at 1 and 2 p.m. I'll tweet out a link to it if you want to try and get the tour experience. But the big question here, which was posed by a journal writer, Katie Byrne wants to know, is it really there? There are precious metal analysts who wonder. They say no one can be sure. Now, is all that gold there? Think about that. 6,200 tons of gold stored there and pretty much stored there to make sure it's safe. And most of it comes from other countries. The Fed's Manhattan Vault holds about, they say, 5% of America's 11 billion in gold reserves and coins. And they value that at the uh, the rate of $42.22 per ounce. As we all know, gold is worth more than that. So the value is obviously not quite accurate. But you can only see a, a sample. You can't get up and hold the bar in your hand and scratch off a piece. We'll get into this a little bit more. It's a mystery. Do you think the gold is still there? Or has it been traded, lent out, hypothecated, rehypothecated? I wonder. I'd love to know. We'll get into that and let's handicap Steve Bannon. Will he make it through the week? There are people that wonder if he's going to be around after today. Come on back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is uh, a Tuesday, and and we're we're trying to cover everything. It does seem like the mainstream media is all all caught up in in the the people who are leaving Donald Trump's manufacturing council. I'll get back to the gold story in a minute, but I had to comment on this before we get out of here. You have four CEOs who got out of. And there may be more. They might all leave. Who the hell knows? The president's manufacturing council, and they're all flexing their individual political muscles on this to try and work it to their advantage. To me, it's on par with what we heard about the NFL players, Michael Bennett and Marshawn Lynch, who are not standing for the national anthem. These are people who are who are trying to uh, make a name for themselves or their companies. And it's especially obvious when you look at at the companies like Under Armour who produce most of their goods outside of the country. They do have an operation in Maryland, but it's one they use for like emergency production of stuff when they have to have customized things made in a short time. Most of their properties are elsewhere. Same thing with Intel. The majority of their goods are manufactured elsewhere. So... You know, you're not exactly on firm ground here. And you can all get in there and, and make make noise about this. But it's uh, it's pretty obvious to me. 
pretty damn obvious to me. We were talking about the Federal Reserve Bank and the gold vault at the Federal Reserve Bank. And I, I really think this is an important thing. For years and years and years, we've heard the term audit the Fed, audit the Fed, audit the Fed. And yeah, I, I'm one of those people who, who could totally get behind that. I'm one of those people who would sign on to audit the Federal Reserve because I'd like to know mostly about this gold. This, this gold vault underneath Manhattan. There is, um, there's a tour you can take. I can't get on it because it's booked up for at least the next 30 days. And they only book it 30 days out. So you have to be there every day to check in. The gold vault is in the basement of its main office building in New York City. And they built this in, in the early part of the 20th century. It's supposedly a secure location. And uh, apparently only a tiny part of the gold stored there belongs to the New York Fed or the Federal Reserve System. It's, it's a protection that, that the U.S. government offers to foreign governments, other central banks, and nobody in terms of individuals or private sector groups are allowed to uh, store gold in this vault. And a lot of this came after World War II when, when countries got nervous. See, we weren't involved. We weren't getting bombed. We weren't getting hit. So America was pretty much a safe haven. And up until 1973... Uh, if you had dollars, if your country had dollars, you could trade that money for gold because we backed our money up with gold. And we stopped doing that then. They say at, at its peak, the, the storage in, in the Fed vault was over 12,000 tons of gold. Now, they say that that has uh, been whittled down a bit. In 2015, the report was over 500,000 bars of gold with a combined weight of about 6,350 tons was there. Now, I, I immediately think, okay, 80 feet below the surface of uh, the street, 50 feet below sea level. How is that a danger to the building? No, not really, because... That's the weight of the building in the basement on bedrock. But, but what about those bars? How do we know? How do we know if they're, if they're, A, there, and how do we know if they're real, if maybe they haven't been taken out and, and phonied up? How do we know that actual gold is still there? Well, they're pretty much uniform. They used to be made in, in regular brick shape. And, you know, when you get a, a, a bar of gold, I think it weighs about 70-some pounds, just that the normal bar of gold you see because gold is very dense. But it's not 100% gold because gold is quite malleable. If it, if it were pure, 100% pure gold, uh, it wouldn't retain its shape. So they put a little bit of uh, silver or platinum or copper inside to to firm up the gold but it's pretty much 99.69% gold now it's all based on the weight but 
But what about this rehypothecation? And what happens if foreign governments say we want the gold and you need to send our gold back and it's not there? This is one of the reasons I think we do need an audit of the Fed. This is one of the reasons why I think we need to make sure that every bit of gold that we say we have in there is in there. And I'd love to get through Fort Knox while I'm at it. But based, based on the rumors we hear, it's not exactly completely transparent. And what if we have said to a foreign country that we owe money to that we are going to, uh, well, let's, let's guarantee some of that money with some of this gold. And then that money gets either used again or hypothecated, rehypothecated again. I would love to know what the real story is, because right now we certainly do not have any idea. There is no way in hell we could know what what is going on underneath. The first place to start is with a tour. If any of you has ever been on the tour of the Federal Reserve Bank in New York City, in lower Manhattan, and seen the gold vaults, I would love to know. Based on just the 6,200 tons, they're saying it's between 240 and $260 billion. That's a lot of Bitcoin, too, isn't it? Fascinating story. I, I would love to talk more. We have reached out to Katie Byrne, the, the author of the story. It came out. Um, she works for um, Wall Street Journal, Dow Jones, to see if she's had any luck in trying to get inside the Federal Reserve facility to see about the gold bars and, and how and if they authenticate them. Just one of those strange little curiosities here on a Tuesday that I think is, is worthwhile looking into. Do you believe it's there? Do you think we have every bit of the gold that we are telling people we have there? I'm not exactly sure. Not exactly sure. I'm stepping aside for a minute. If you want to weigh in on this, 888-900-3393, 888 uh, Good news today, as we mentioned earlier, North Korea blinked. We, uh, we think we have convinced Kim Jong-un to ratchet it down. I still don't like the fact he has nukes. And uh, a thought on Bitcoin and Powerball tonight. Isn't tonight Powerball? Isn't there another big drawing tonight? Yeah. Or is it Mega Millions? One of them's got a big drawing tonight. We'll talk about that and a couple of strange stories as Pure Opelka returns. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Quick reminder, tomorrow uh, we will celebrate or honor the passing of Elvis Presley, 40th passing, but we're going to do it in typical capitalist manner. We're going to tell you which Elvis Presley records could get you big bucks. So you have to be here 
plus Dr. Jorge stops by. And I also need to remind you that um, that if you are waiting for one more person to get Relief Factor and try the three-week quick start pack and have the same kind of results I had, I'm telling you, you're foolish. Look, I was told by Brad Staggs for months, I'm using this Relief Factor stuff because we're like the same age. And we both have the same complaints. My joints were killing me from years of marathoning and training and my knees and my neck and my hips and my back bugging me because of inflammation. Brad was begging me, try Relief Factor, try Relief Factor, try Relief Factor. Sent me, he sent me a three-week quick start pack and I started on April 7th. I wish I had started a year earlier because eight days later I started getting relief. It is all natural botanicals and wild harvested fish oils. Those are, those are things that aren't chemical based. They're nature's way of reducing the inflammation in your joints, which then reduces the pain. So I can do more again. I can zip up and down stairs. I can walk the golf course. I can go out for power walks in the morning. Over a million people have bought the quick start pack and 80% of them reorder it. Try it. It's a three-week commitment for $19.95. Order now. You can go to relieffactor.com or you can pick up the phone and you can call them and ask them some questions. 800-500-8384. It is Relief Factor. It works for me. I hope you will try it and it will work for you too. Now, before we get out of here, there's a couple of things we have to get to. I mentioned I have a, uh, I have a, one of those vanity plates. The first time in my life I got a vanity plate, and it's all about the First Amendment. It says, after one. Because my dad drilled it into our heads that after the First Amendment, everything else is secondary. If you don't have the First Amendment... The rest of that Constitution is worthless. I know somebody's going to say, what about the Second Amendment? Yeah, guess what? You're not going to have much to talk about if you don't have the First Amendment. And I am a Second Amendment supporter. So uh, I always love to look at personalized rejection or personalized license plates. And I caught a story about Alaska and the personalized plate applications apparently getting a little too personal this year. They claim they have rejected 173 different applications so far. Last year, throughout the whole year, they only rejected 114 personalized license applications. Most of them are rejected because they are a little too cheeky. And everybody thinks they're too smart for the system, right? One of the rejects included the personalized license plate requesting 80085. And I'm staring at it for the longest time going, 80085? And then I remembered when I was 13 years old and somebody showed me how you could write dirty words on the calculator by typing in certain numbers and turning it over. Like you could spell hell. But 8005 is an homage to the calculator spelling of the word boobs.
and rejected summarily by the Alaskan DMV. Also rejected, and this one I didn't figure out, and I I think this is probably, you're probably going to see this uh, with the number 88 as well, but um, 81. 81 is not allowed because it apparently has a connection with Hell's Angels, the motorcycle gang, as the number eight relates to the word, the letter H in the alphabet and the number one, obviously, the letter A with the eighth and the first letter in the alphabet. So you can't get a customized license plate in the state of Alaska with uh, isolating the number eight and one, and you can't get eight zero zero eight five. They don't. They don't want you paying tribute to the calculator spelling of the word boobs. I didn't know Jeffy had a house in Alaska. Also, a uh, a high school in Missouri is is getting some heat from two gay students who had their yearbook quotes replaced. Well, they had them removed and replaced with blank spaces because the school was afraid somebody might be offended. The Kearney School District decided two quotes were just too much. One of the students, one of the gay students, put their yearbook quote as, Of course I dress well. I didn't spend all that time in the closet for nothing. Now, see, I think that's kind of funny. Why don't you give that person a break? And the other one says, quote, if Harry Potter taught us anything, it's that no one should have to live in the closet. I think that's the only time I've actually had a Harry Potter reference on this show and probably the last time. But I think those are fine. I know somebody's going to say that I don't understand and the and the high school kids need to be protected. I don't think that's a terrible thing of course i dress well i didn't spend all that time in the closet for nothing everybody lighten up a little bit join us for wellness wednesday tomorrow and uh find out if i won the mega millions yeah it's a 15 million but i'd share it with you we'll be right back in 21 hours testudo my friends testudo Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.